You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling. The countdown continues for Saturday night. It's the culmination of the 2023 Racing Queensland Constellations and all eyes are on the Blacks of Fate. The Grand Circuit event, race number eight, 8.50 start time. And with Tab right now, leap to fame, $1.35. And when you look at that Tab market, it's a race in two. Leap to fame, $1.35. The only other runner in single figures is his older half-brother Swayze at $5. Is it a race in two? Is it a race in one? Or is there a few out there that could, uh, you know, might uh, just cause that little bit of a boil over? Time will certainly tell. But it's a star-studded lineup on Saturday night. The Oaks, the Derby, the four-year-old championship is a great race. We've got the Trotters Derby, rocking with attitude, looking to do the double. She won the Oaks last week. She's looking to claim the Derby. She's already done it in New South Wales earlier this year. We've got the Trotters Cup as well, and the big one, as I mentioned, the Blacks of Fake. One man that's set to play a big role in this Blacks of Fake race on Saturday night is Shane Graham because he's driving Turn It Up. And as we all know, those that follow Queensland Harness Racing closely, we all know how much gate speed this horse possesses. So when Barrier 3 was drawn out for Turn It Up on Monday afternoon, it was probably music to the ears of Shane Graham. Last week, he had to overcome a second-row draw, and he was pretty unlucky in the Sunshine Sprint behind uh, Leap to Fame. Shane Graham is with us now. Shane, appreciate the time. Yeah, no worries, Chris. In many ways, you are the man in the hot seat because uh, with Turn It Up and his gate speed, uh, you're you're the map maker in so many ways. So how does this race play out on Saturday night? Yeah, Chris, um, yeah, look, he sort of, uh, I think he should be able to get across him. Um, he's, he's crossed... Uh, hot and treacherous before, um, albeit probably hot and treacherous didn't rush out of the gate that night, you know, but, um, yeah, hopefully we get across and, yeah, we'll see how we go from there. All right, Swayze, have you uh, done the form on him as far as gate speed is concerned? He's probably never been known for his gate speed, but do you expect him to sort of rush the arm on Saturday night? Oh, I think, you know, just from their draw, they're in the running line. I, I don't think they're probably got any need to, to sort of bustle off the gate, you know, he um it's it's a bit hard to line up his gate speed but um yeah, I, I I don't think they sort of will be sort of wasting any fuel early to to you know, they've just got to hold their spot. But um yeah, hopefully um yeah we'll still get across and go from there. Is is Hot and Treacherous the horse you're most concerned about with that, you know, run into the first turn. Is there anything else off the front row that, you know, may be able to test you? Um, oh, I don't think so. Um, you know, like he's sort of, you know, he's crossed pretty much most of them from barrier seven and that. So um, being from three, um, you know, I, I wouldn't think anyone will be trying to cross him. So, um, yeah, look, we'll, we'll just sort of open him up for the first hundred and, yeah, hopefully we're across there uh, easier rather than harder. Okay. That being said, if you're in front and uh, you're just rolling along, going through the uh, the motions early in this race, do you want to hold or are you handing straight over? Oh, like I said, we'll have to see. Um, 
if he if he gets a bit revved up like he did uh, a couple of starts back, we we won't have any option. We'll have to be holding. Um, that was a bit uncharacteristic for him, but um, yeah, he did get a bit bit fired up last time he was in front. So if he's like that, we um, you know we'll have to hold. But um, yeah, it all comes down to what what pressure you know how much work we do early, what pressure does get applied, and and what you know what horse is applying the pressure really. Okay. Does that concern you? Three starts ago, that's the race you're referencing, the Lucky Creed. He did get fired up in front, and it, it was at this journey, 2680. So is that a little bit of a, a concern uh, when you're going into this race on Saturday night, that last time at this trip he did over-race? No, I don't think so. I, I just probably um, put down that sort of a bit of my error. I probably had him a bit sort of too, too revved up, um, yeah, so I sort of put that down to what I'd done during the week more so than than the, what he normally does. So I don't think that's not a worry. I won't be this week, hopefully. Okay. This is his fourth go at a Blanks of Fake. He's been placed on two previous occasions. So is he a genuine top three chance in your in your opinion? Oh, look, I'm you know I'm I'm pretty biased when it comes to him, but um, <laughs> it uh, yeah he's had a few cracks at it and. You know, I think nearly every year I thought that it's his best chance. So I'm going to, um, yeah, hopefully go in the same. And, you know, I, I think he is racing as good as ever. And, you know, he's um, he's feeling good. So, yeah, I, I think he's as good a shot as, as any other year he's gone in him. OK, let's go back to last Saturday night, the Sunshine Sprint. You were drawn off the second row. You went to the pegs. You drove him perfectly fleetingly, just fleetingly approaching the home turn. If you had a little bit more space to work with, were you starting to think, I'm a chance here? Yeah, he, um, you know, when we, we sort of moved through the middle there around the four, four, five hundred metre mark and, and he was just travelling real well, um, you know, I did sort of was thinking, geez, if we could just get a gap, it'd be nice now. But, um, look, he just, he got held up a little bit, you know, but... Um, I don't think we're ever going to win it, but you know, if we maybe if we could have come to the outside, we might have been able to run a place. But um, yeah, he just missed out, and he probably he, he just doesn't let down quite as good going up the sprint lane as what what he does if he can come to the outside. But um, yeah, I was wrapped with his run in still the way he went. So um, yeah, and he come through it well. So uh, quite happy with him. Okay, that being said, just on the momentum, uh, how much do you think he lost last week, just when you were sort of held up behind them? Yeah, look, it's sort of, you know, it, it, it's hard to sort of say, like, you know, at the time it, it felt like he held up momentum, but you watch the replay and, and it doesn't look that way, you know. But um, it's one of those things that, like Elvin Park with the sprint lane, and unless you're sort of, you know, out and going before those horses out wider, um they've taken off it, it's hard to sort of rally through up the inside so just you know it wasn't a whole lot but you know when you're running those times any little bit of momentum stop does you know take its toll and probably just you know just cost him that little bit really okay i know you're a huge fan of leap to fame uh last week he's third last in the sunshine sprint at the bell so he showed a, a, another dimension again with that powerful finish down the outside. How do you actually beat him on the weekend? Yeah, well, you know, I think I think sort of 
everyone that was here, you know, there at Albion Park last week, you know, it's taught the same thing. So it's, um, yeah, look, you know, I know it's, uh, you know, every horse at some stage gets beat, but um, just the form he's in and how he's doing it, you know, I, I sort of, I don't know when that day will be really. Mm. Because he showed the, 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 the brilliance last week to overcome everything that was against him. Two starts ago on the Rising Sun, it was the power game. And you go back to that Redcliffe victory, the patron's purse. And, you know, from last to first, he was just able to round them up. So he just seems like he's the complete package. Yeah, yeah, he is. He, um, you know, like you said, when he, when you're as good as him, you don't really get to see him get driven um, off cover. And, you know, like last week and at Redcliffe for the only probably two times so and he's done it and, and won quite well so like you said I, I don't know how or, or when he'll get beat but um, yeah definitely an uphill battle for everyone. Yeah absolutely right I'm going to throw some hypotheticals at you on, on Saturday night with this race so you tell me what scenario could happen here what happens if you lead Hot and Treacherous quickly gets off the inside and tries to make a retake move. Are you handing over to Hot and Treacherous? Do you think that will happen? I, I'm just throwing out all sorts <laughs> of... I don't know how this race is going to happen. We get to these big races and all the mats go straight out the window. So I'm just trying to come up with some thoughts. So that's <laughs> well, the first one, Hot and Treacherous. to see if that happens, what way we go with it. Okay, let's move on to Swayze. If he comes hard... Are you handing straight over to him? Um, it probably, you know, like like I said, it all depends how much work I do and um, early and, you know, touch wood he settles and that, you know. But, um, yeah, look, the way he's racing and, uh, you know, the distance isn't going to obviously worry him. He's, he's a tough horse, you know. He, um, Yeah, he's probably not a bad one to be sitting on, I guess. Okay. Let me uh, ask this. Say you're coming down the straight first time or even going down the back, you're nearing the mile marker. You're in front, Swayze's on the outside and up comes Leap the Fame 3D. If the if the power goes on, you're, you're first to grab up? Oh, yeah, I'd say so. I, I don't think with them two coming at you, I don't think there's many horses that could go with those two, um, you know, especially that far out. So uh, I don't think it would matter who it is. I'd be, um, you know, not wanting to get involved in those speed battles. Is there any chance Leap to Fame gets around in front of Swayze and sort of pushes towards the lead, or with Swayze drawn in front of him, he's always got that little advantage? Oh, you'd you'd think so. The way the barrier draws have fallen, that you know Swayze's always going to probably be in front of Leap to Fame. But um, yeah, like you said, anything can happen in these races, so you wouldn't um, rule out it not happening. Okay, and the other one that I've got, Magnificent Storm, the Perth horse. If he runs the gate hard and he goes up looking, are you handing over to him? No, he probably just, you know, like uh, each run, I think he has got, he has improved um, over here. But, um, yeah, he's probably, you know, like even his gate speed, it's hard to line up. Like he sort of come out quite hard last week and, and sort of, you know, got out okay without being probably as brilliant as what he's looked like over in the West. So, um, yeah, he'll, um, yeah, sort of hard to line him up, really. Okay. 
very diplomatic. You've given me nothing there with all the all those hypotheticals. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll just have to wait and see. A couple of other ones that I just wanted to ask uh, with the Trotters Cup there, race five. Jack a watch. He's been enormous. Uh, won a terrific race last week in the sprint. Won the DJA two starts ago. Can he run top four again here on the weekend? Yeah, look, he he, he needs um you know probably things to go his way, but um I was um yeah I was wrapped with his run last last week. You know he um admittedly got a good trip um tucked away in the fence there, but uh, he sort of he was um you know he he raced at twenty six hundred, had a hard run the week before, and then had to drop back to the mile. And you know I think the distance suits him a lot better than a mile trip. You know and and being his first mobile in a long time. So I thought he did quite well to sort of be as sharp as he did last week. And moving back to the middle distance, it's, it's going to suit him a lot more again this week. So, um, yeah, I, I sort of, I think he'll improve a little bit more on last week. And, yeah, like, you know, we, we need sort of probably have a good trip. But, um, yeah, top four, you know, finish wouldn't surprise me. All right. What about the last race, the Trotters Derby on Mass? The Philly backs up. A uh, really good run last week. Went second behind Rockham with Attitude. Are you expecting another forward showing here? Yeah, she's the same. Like she, um, you know, it's sort of a bit hard for these, you know, fillies up here for Queensland. We don't have too many mobile races, and so she sort of made an error of first mobile. But um, last week she was a lot better, and and I was real happy with um, how she hit the line. So. I think she should be a little bit better again this week as well. All right. One final one, the Queensland Oaks. Is it really open the Oaks, or do you think Jewel Melody's a, a, a clear top pick there? Yeah, look, she sort of, you know, she's she's been there and done it, and, you know, she's been in every big race and, and probably won the most big races. But, um, yeah, like, you know, judging by the last Oaks, you know, like when she, um, you know, it was a close finish and there was quite a few hard luck stories in there so I think on the you know on a good night of racing I think it's the most open race I feel Okay have you got a winning hope there with Talk Like Motion? Oh look she needs you know a lot of luck and everything to go her way but um, you know like she that last oak she was in she was very unlucky and Redcliffe she was unlucky so you know if um, if them good ones have bad luck and, and we get all the luck, you know, she she is a chance of sort of running top three. All right. Well, wish you the best of luck. You haven't given me much to work with as far as trying to map this race. The blacks are fake, but uh, all the best, and hopefully he can run another really good race. He's been placed in two editions so far. Hopefully he's in the uh, the money again on the weekend. Turn it up. No worries. Thanks, that, Chris. There's Shane Graham joining us, trainer driver of Turn It Up. He's at $31 with Tab right now. One horse that just rolled into town last Friday afternoon, stepped out at Albion Park. It was just a normal race. It was a thumping victory. Stopped the clock in just over 150. He didn't get a start in the Sunshine Sprint, but he now takes his place in the Blacks of Fate. Connections would have been absolutely destroyed on Monday afternoon following the barrier draw. When he landed gate 13, the outside of the second row. But this is a serious horse. There's no question about it. The horse in question is Typo. Uh, he's won four from eight since being under the care of Brad Hewitt. And he joins us now. Brad, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having me, mate. How, how deflating was that barrier draw on, on Monday? Oh, yeah, it's, it's never great. But yeah, I think the last three years we've sort of been in it. Yeah. 
top sort of six and outside the second line in yeah, the last couple. So, yeah, you can't do much about it. you just got to move on and just make sure they're there, ready to go in the night. Mm. It's becoming a hoodoo race for you, this race, the Blacks of Faith, because like you said, Rockin' Marty's had bad draws. You go back to Spare Me Days. He never drew well. So it's just a race that you continually get played with bad draws. Yeah, haven't had the best luck with barrier-wise, but, um, yeah, you just you can't do much about it. It's just yeah, every one you get, yeah, bad one you get, you can get a bit of luck in something else. So, yeah, you just got to make sure the horse is there ready to go and, yeah, hopefully a bit of luck goes your way. You've prepared a lot of good horses now. Where does this guy sit? Is he potentially the best you've put a bridle on? Yeah, well, he's heading that way. It's like, yeah, just everything he does, he keeps on stepping up the plate. Like, had nothing but trouble since he's been here and finally just starting to get on top of things and yeah, he's showing what he can do. But, yeah, some of the stuff he can do and at home and, yeah, obviously at the races now, he's putting it all together. Like, yeah, he's, he's sort of that top-class horse, I think. Okay. What are the issues that you've faced since he's been under your care? Uh, mainly just, yeah, we, Speed issues, and then um, he got knocked over in the Bogger Cup. Like, he really actually went through his tendon that night. He was lucky, yeah, not, not to do major damage there, but he got knocked over. And um, yeah, then he just yeah, been crook, got real crook with a, a virus and that. But um, yeah, just he's one of the horses, just everything's sort of gone wrong with him, but everything seems on track now. Well, he was awesome last Friday. That that was just stunning what he delivered there. 150.2, 28, 28.7, 27.2, 26.2. And you had nothing chasing you from about the 400 metre mark onwards. So with a little bit more uh, pressure, he could have easily gone sub 50. Yeah, well, I, I, I sort of never liked doing that with them anyway. Having to do any more than what they have to. You want to save them big runs for when it's needed. But um, yeah, we sort of had to make a case for why he should be in the black of fake and he he come out he done it on his ear and pulled up really well so yeah we couldn't have been happier with him yeah. <laughs> it's sort of mixed fortunes isn't it you're on top of the world following that performance there on friday you're pretty much guaranteed to get a start especially after watching how some of the results played out on saturday night but then you're at rock bottom with that barrier draw so how do you attack this race what what do you want to do where do you want to be with the lap left to go uh, yeah, just obviously we're, we're not going to be, be able to put him into the race having 11 horses in front of us. But, um, yeah, hopefully there's a bit of speed early in the first lap and um, yeah, then just try and get, get the right back up. Is the fame beatable, in your opinion? Uh, it's going gonna, gonna to be very hard. But, um, yeah, just just depends. Like, anything can happen. Like, I've seen it sort of year after year and... Um, the Black to Fake, it's always a race that yeah, can bring up a few surprises. Everyone, especially going around for 400, no one's going to sit there and die wondering. So you'd like to think there's going to be pretty genuine speed and um, like that's, that's all we can hope for on there. And I just know that he's got a big finish on him. So it's not, not the end of the world. Obviously, would have loved to, to stop the draw, but um, just everything he's done at home and even in a few of his races, I think he's actually better from behind than what he's in front. He's just got mm. such a, a good, strong finish on him. So yeah, as long as he's genuine speed, he'll, he'll be somewhere there in the finish. And surely that speed's got to be there. Like with Swayze drawn gate two and the form that he's in and how he performed last time out, his last two runs, 
surely that speed is going to be there from the get-go. Yeah, he's doing there. Obviously, you know, I'll turn it up just to cross anything in Australia, I think. So, like, that's, you know, the first 100's going to be quick. And then even the, the Perth horse, like, he's been coming out really quick. And there could be a couple from the, the second line, too, wanting to try and get around in front of Leap the Fame to, to try and stay in front of him. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting race. But, yeah, the way Leap the Fame's been going, it's going to be hard to see anything beating him, to be honest. But, yeah... He, he'll be there, my fellow, in good order, so we can only hope. All right, well, we wish you the best of luck there with Typo. What about in the Trotters' Cup? Majestic Trio, last start winner, a scratching last week, so he starts this week. He's good to go? Yep, no, she she got here on uh, Saturday evening, and yeah, everything's been good with her. She, yeah, didn't travel up real great um, last week, so I had to pull her out, but um, yeah, I worked her yesterday, and she, she worked really well, and She's got a, a decent draw, so yeah, you never know, quite know with the trotters, but she's been pretty foolproof all her career, so um, yeah, she, she shouldn't be too far away either, I'd like to think. Right, gate speed. How much gate speed does she possess? Uh, she's funny. So, yeah, some weeks she can really get out of the gate and you've got, got a heap of gate speed, and other times, yeah, she's um, yeah, not that great, but um, hopefully she just turns up on the night. But yeah, she's, she's good enough to to sort of hold around and, yeah, maybe even... Uh, it's hard to line the horses up, too, when you're not racing them, but she sort of gets out as good as most down home. So whether that's quick enough to get her across to the fence, I'm not sure, but it'd be nice. All right. Will she handle Albion Park? Yeah, it'd be no worries. She obviously works at home on a on a thousand-metre track and gets around it as good as anything. So, yeah, it, that'll be no worries in that regard. Right. Well, she's kept nice and safe at 6.50, so she's a leading chance there. The other one that I wanted to ask that you're starting on Saturday night is she's the reason going around in the Oaks Consolation. What did you make of the run last week? Uh, yeah, I was really happy with her. Chris, um, yeah, just things didn't work out. Obviously, taking on the boys, I, um, yeah, it's just a, a bit of a non-event once Lost On got to the front so early, but um, I thought she went went really good, like, coming four wide around the last corner and then getting home in sub-26. Like, the, the only ones that beat are all railing through on the fence. And, you know, it's like gold when they're running them sort of sessionals. But then up straight, she was, there yeah, holding her own and even taking ground off them again. So, and that, like I said, they're all the, the boys that were in the um, derby that are, like, that beat her home. So I was a bit disappointed. Disappointed she didn't get a run in the Oaks, but um, yeah, she'll be hard enough to beat in that race too. All right, well, fingers crossed. Hey, one final one before I let you go this morning. Captain's Knock, what's the update on Captain's Knock? Uh, he's been back in work about uh, six or seven weeks now, just there, uh, coming along slow and um, yeah, just trying to have him ready to go by British Challenge time again. Okay. Is it looking likely that you'll you'll have him ready for the Breeders' Challenge? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, everything's touch wood at, at this stage. Everything seems good to go with him. He just uh, had a little little injury. It was nothing too serious, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure I give him enough time for it to to heal. Probably could have been nearly back by now if we really pushed it, but um, yeah, I didn't think there was any rush trying to get him back to up here when yeah, he's got yeah, the Breeders' Challenge later in the year and. Uh, look at some of the, the feature races of four-year-old next season. So, yeah, hopefully a bit of patience and 
yeah, can repay us later. Right. Well, he's a serious cult. There's no doubt about it. And his form looks super. He won the, the big group one breeders challenge and you beat better be the best. And he's come out and won the derby. So uh, he's a serious horse. Yeah, he's a really nice horse. Just uh, with them ones, you just always hope that they they hold up and yeah, they just try and rough them in cotton wool and yeah, hold your breath every time you, you go in and look at them in the morning. Right. Well, hopefully you're going to be in the other uh, money there on Saturday night. You've got a couple of uh, awkward draws to overcome, but uh, you're going to present them in top order as you do each and every time. We wish you the best of luck and appreciate the time today. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having me, mate. There's Brad Hewitt joining us. He's uh, he's a star. There's no doubt about it. He turns his horses out in awesome order and uh, they always perform well. He was stunning there last Friday night typo, but it's a crushing draw there. The outside of the second row in the Grand Circuit race, the Blacks are fake. So as I said, Typo currently at $71 to take out the uh, the Grand Circuit race. Let's talk about the horse that was chasing home leap to fame last week. Spirit of St. Louis, he's always in the big fights. There's no question about it. He's got another big challenge in front of him on Saturday night. One of the, uh, the owners or the managing owner of Spirit of St. Louis is Jamie Dernberger Smith, and he's online with us now. Jamie, appreciate the time. Good morning, Chris. Thank you for having me on. Let's start with this, because I've just been doing some research on Spirit of St. Louis. So you tell me, or if you want to cry, just tell me when to stop. Second in the Sunshine Sprint last week. Second in the Nullarbor. Second in the Miracle Mile. Second in the Blacks of Fake last year. Second in the Sunshine Sprint last year. Second in the Miracle Mile again. Second in the Hunter Cup. How much money do you reckon he's missed out on by running second in all of those features? Yeah, we calculated about... $2.5 million. Um, it's pretty wild. We're actually doing a statistic um, the other night. He's won a $110,000 race. That's his claim to fame. Um, Balboa Rock on Saturday night won a $150,000 race. That ended up being our biggest win um, if you take out the race in New Zealand. So, yeah, he definitely deserves one, little fella. He's just been a magnificent horse to us. Um, yeah, what dreams are made of, really. He was awesome last week, wasn't he? You know, running on and, and taking a little bit of ground off Leap to Fame last week. So does that give you some confidence for this Saturday night? Yeah, for sure. We were super confident when um, Leap to Fame popped out and we jumped straight on his back. Uh, we knew it was going to be a good race. Um, uh, when Jack Trainer's horse popped out, that changed the race for us. Um, but we were super happy. Uh, he peeled ground off Leap to Fame and his sectionals were outstanding. Um, gets a lot of knockers, this horse, for some reason, that he's finished and that. Um, but, yeah, we can't see it. He's just getting better and better. And as uh, Belinda and Luke always say, once he gets through his prep, he just finds a new level, this horse. So, fingers crossed, we can jump straight on Leap to Fame's back again on Saturday night and then we'll see what happens. Well, I, I want to touch on that because initially you probably would have been just a little disappointed with another second row draw when that barrier draw was done on Monday at the Gold Day. But when you start looking at it, you're right alongside of Leap to Fame. So if you just find his back, that, that that's a perfect draw. Yeah, no, we weren't disappointed at all, um, especially over 2,600. You just don't want to be in that early burn, um, just jumping straight on Leap to Fame's back. And then what Grant does from there, if he flicks around in the chair or whatever his plan is... Um, we're going to be doing no work, and we know that we've got the right horse. So more than likely, we'll run second again, I guess. Well, just looking at that front row, there's got to be pressure. Swayze's in super form, and if, if he goes forward looking for the lead and Leap to Fame makes the early move, 
they're not going to be uh, sitting up in this race. So the harder, the better for Spirit of St. Louis? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yes, yeah, Swayze's just gone to a completely new level. We, we love that horse. Um, he's going to be extremely hard to beat. Uh, obviously, there's going to be heaps of pressure coming from out wide. Start. I don't know if big wheels will go forward or not, but I just don't know what he does from there. Um, hopefully, they just go hammer down that first four to five hundred or so, really take a sting out of him, and then Louis would have done absolutely no work, and then we're just going to need the right run. And Jack's drives last couple of starts just unbelievable drives. I'm sure he'll give him every chance again. Yeah. Uh, are they the main two, Leap to Fame and Swayze, or is there a couple of others there that you're giving good respect to? Oh, yeah, it's a grand circuit race. Um, it's, if someone gets a really nice cushy run and they go upside down, like you were talking to Brad just then, Typo, he's, he's, him sectionally has just been unbelievable. If something was to happen and they just go crazy and Brad can lob a nice spot, it could be extremely hard to beat. Um, but when it comes to the top two, it's definitely Swayze and Leap to Fame. They're just on fire them two horses. Okay, well, there's going to be a huge crowd there on Saturday night, no question. Everyone wants to see this horse. Everyone wants a piece of Leap to Fame, but... If he is to be turned over, I don't think there'd be many people that'd, uh, you know, rain on the parade of uh, Spirit of St. Louis, given how consistent he's been and how many times he's run second in major races. Yeah, he he deserves one. He really, really deserves a Grand Circuit horse, right? Uh, circuit races horse, and fingers crossed it can be the Saturday night. And if it does happen, um, I'm sure we'll be roaring the grandstand down. Well, I want to ask that. There was a good crowd there last week, but it's going to be epic on Saturday night. I'm certain of that. There's a big ownership group involved with Louis. So how many uh, how many do you think you'll be taking to the track on the weekend? Uh, well, I spoke to Steely and I asked him if I could get 20 tickets and he sent me a message and said, uh, we are fully sold out. So um, there's going to be at least a couple of dozen of us there. Um, it'll be a really good night. Uh, great atmosphere last week, so... It's only going to get bigger and better, this consolation carnival. Uh, we're super excited, and we'll keep on sending horses up here for it. All right. You are in the winner's circle last week, as you mentioned earlier. Belvoir Rock taking that big AP Gold Brisbane feature. That race was worth $156,000. And he's been so professional in the two starts up here. He was able to win his heat, and then he was just perfect getting up the lane there last week. How do you rate this horse? Yeah, so he's a really nice horse. Um He's definitely got a bit of ways to go, um, obviously, with his gait. And as he progresses through his career, he's just learning more. Uh, we really like him as a baby. He was the only one we bought from that sale. Uh, we've been trying to win the APG, or oh, I have, for 19 years after White Thunder won it. She's pretty much what got me into harness racing. So to win that race was just a dream. And with a horse like him that's so progressive, uh, He's a horse that we feel like he's better once he gets to the death seat and just sits parked, or if he's leading, he'll be different again. Um, he's a big fella. He's got a lot of growing to do. and He'll just gain fitness as he goes. And Emma and Clayton, massive job, and Trista handling him. Um, we've realised pretty quickly that he's definitely a girl's horse, that horse. Um, he's settled lovely. And really, once he settled down into that lane, he just ate the line. So was he the only one that you bought from that sales last year? Yeah, so we went there. There was only two. We were going to buy one of them. Uh, one was an always a Mickey Philly that um, Diane Riley bought. 
we had a bit of a bidding war there, and then there was only one left, and he was the one, so we bought him for thirty-two and a half thousand. Um, spent a lot of work on that sale. Spent around a hundred hours doing pedigree matching and doing crosses with Clayton and Emma. And um, yeah, he was the one and bought him, and it all panned out. Right, so he's Q-bred, so is that a big target coming up next month for him? Yep, so he'll stay with Grant Trister um, for the triad. That'll be his plan for the, new, the near foreseeable future. Um, once he finishes the triad, he'll head back down, and depending on how the horse is, um, he's also Vic bred and then Breeders' Crown, but we'll let him tell us where he wants to go. All right, well, congratulations to all involved there with Balboa Rock. I won't quiz you about any Eureka info, but just on, on America, you've got some Walner trotting colts uh, that look like they're okay. One in particular has hit the ground running. So how excited are you by these uh, these young trotting colts that you've got in North America? Now, that was definitely a pipe dream. Um, we went over to America last year. We spent, uh, it, had to, it had to be a good six weeks, 10 hours a day on those on Lexington sale. Um, sent three Walnut Colts that we loved. So we bought them three Walnut Colts. Um, and funnily enough, all of them are really, really good. Um, one of them had his second start, sat parked in the Kentucky final, which is like technically a group one. Um, and yeah, he won in 55, sitting parked, a two-year-old colt, just unbelievable time. And then the other two, Ardor and Dignitary, they're better than him. They just had their qualifiers and they were outstanding. So yeah, super exciting times. Um, obviously, Walner is the greatest sire in trotting that we've ever seen. So we really did a lot of work, found out that he was going to be a sensation and then just jumped on them. And then hopefully we can stand them down under. That's the plan. Okay. Are you starting to dream Hambletonian? So this time next year, you might have one, you might have two, you might have all three heading towards the Hambletonian. So you might be taking a big uh, cheer squad from Australia to North America next year. Yeah, that'll be the plan. We'll be heading back over to Lexington again this year and the Little Brown Jug and try and find some more. I think they'll be a little expensive this time around the Walnut Colts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's sent for 40000 American, but from all reports, because he's all tied up with shares that the owners own, generally have to pay about 200000 Australian to get a service. So he's, he's pretty big time, that horse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, continued success with those trotting Colts up in North America. Best of luck on Saturday night with Spirit of St. Louis. We'll see you trackside. Thank you, Chris. There's Jamie Dernberger-Smith joining us from Summit Bloodstock. And as we know, he's got a slot in the, uh, the tab Eureka and yet to announce his runner. So we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out over the next couple of weeks. But a decision will be forthcoming. So we'll wait and see. And as we know, um, Aaron Vane Bloodstock, Summit Bloodstock, heavily involved in getting Charles Oliveira down under as the ambassador for the tab Eureka. So that's not too far away. So Jamie was in the winner's circle there last week with uh, Balboa Rock taking the Albion Park goal. One of the other big races last Saturday night, and I want to touch on this because it, it, it's a special race and it seems to be getting better every year. It's a high-quality race on the carnival. A lot of nice horses, up-and-coming horses targeted. And we saw a, a good win, an emotional win, I reckon, on Saturday night. The J.C. McMullen, named after this iconic Queensland harness racing figure, and it was the family that stood tall there on Saturday night. John, his son, trained the winner, what a roller. Uh, Hollywood's granddaughter, Talia, drove. Pete was second. Narissa was fifth. And they were certainly all over the finish there. 
John McMullen joins us this morning. John, good morning. Congratulations. Good morning, Chris, and thank you very much. How special was that for the family there on Saturday night? Pardon? How special was that moment oh. for the family on Saturday night? Oh, it was. It was, uh, yeah, it was really uh, unbelievable, actually. I, um, I was watching the race um, in the stand. It was probably halfway down the straight, and, and when the horse passed me, I'm thinking I might run third here. And uh, and where I was watching, I couldn't see the finish line. But then, that, and when you called called him, I was jumping and cheering and carrying on. So uh, yeah, it was un, it was unreal. It was. And I'm sure there was so many different emotions for you. Not only winning that race, named after your dad, but you also had the the colours. Or Talia was sporting the colours of your dad as well. The red with the white sash. They're very familiar colours. Yes, that's correct. Normally, this is uh, this year was the first year I've had a runner in the race. And normally, uh, Pete always has a few horses in the race, so he normally wears the colours. But then uh, this year, I, I, my horse was in, and um, and I said to Jeanette that, uh, yeah, we'll just get to Leah to wear Dad's colours. And, um, yeah, and it was really a special moment. It was really yeah, pleasing. Yeah, and it was great to see so many people in the presentation area after the race as well. Like, all of your children who drove in the race, they were able to get up there and, and be part of the presentation and their partners as well. Like Matty Elkins was up there, Chantel was up there. So it was really good. It was a, a really lovely vibe there in the presentation area straight after the race. Yes, that's right, Chris. Um, I didn't think they'd be able to make it up. They all had horses in the race. So I thought, well, they're not going to be able to make it back up and you know, to the presentation straight away. And they just, uh, yeah, hooked the horses up and all ran straight up. So they were all pretty wrapped and um and pete said that he um he, was, he thought he should have been winning a bit unlucky not to win i think he locked wheels halfway down the straight and got held up for a split second there and um and then when he looked over and saw talia win on my horse well he was happy anyway yeah absolutely the other good thing about the uh, the presentation as well the uh, the speech that danielle delivered as well and i'm sure i'm sure hollywood would have been really proud of danielle she stood tall there and and delivered a perfect speech she did, yes, she did. She uh, said, uh, told Dad's story, and, and said uh, said it very well. Yeah, it was awesome. There was no doubt about that. So, what do you do with Water Roller now? Where's the next target for him? He's actually racing. It'll be Saturday week. Um, he's in um, the final, those heats and finals up the seventy Raiders race. He's in that Saturday week. Um, okay. Yeah, and then and then from there on, we'll just keep ticketing along and seeing what happens. Yeah. All right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but just with the ownership of Water Roller, uh, they've been long-time supporters, but did we lose one of the owners? Yes, that's correct, Chris. Yes. Um, Norm McCloy, who I've trained for for oh, at least 25 years, he um, he actually owned Bonamax. He bought Bonamax from New Zealand. He raced him in Australia. Mainly he was based in South Australia at the time, but he, uh, he mainly raced, uh, he raced all over because he raced in all the derbies uh, that year that he bought him as a three-year-old and he, he won, he won derbies. Um, I think he was the, actually the only horse to beat Choken on Australian soil when he won the Gawler derby. And, um, and when Bonamax retired, he stood at Tagulawa for George Michael, that Melton stud. George, I was trained George's horse at the time, and then um, and he mentioned to Norm that John McMullen trains his horses. So Norm told that be fine with me, and I sort of started training training Norm's horses from then. Um, the first nice horse that Norm had 
was by Bonamax, which was called Water Bonamax, and he was a really nice horse. I can remember he he won a race at the Gold Coast many years ago, going about 155. So he's a really good horse. But Norm's had a lot of nice horses over the years, and unfortunately, about three months ago, he passed away of cancer, and um, and now. Well, his wife is still his wife still owns the horses and um, and she had a good week last week with um, the last horse that Norm bred was um, What a Legacy and it, oh. he won last Tuesday also so um, so it was a good week with the horses but obviously it probably brings she probably thinks of Norm when these horses race and um, but yes Norm was uh, excited about the two year old What a Legacy getting to the track. But unfortunately, he wasn't. Uh, he, he didn't uh, get to see him go around. Yeah, but I'm sure his uh, his legacy will live on through that horse and many others. So, a great story there. The other thing from Saturday night that I just wanted to touch on quickly uh, for yourself and Jeanette, proud moment there on Saturday night when Pete was presented with his colours for Australia. As we know, he's going to represent Australia at the World Drivers Championship in Europe next month. That would have been a proud moment for you guys. Oh, it was definitely yes, yes, like that. Um, that that doesn't happen happen very often, does it? Um, I know um, Dad was always disappointed he didn't get selected rep- to represent Australia in the World Driver Championships many years ago. That was the year that Daryl Alexander uh, was selected and 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 represented Australia. And Dad and and Daryl were both the leading drivers at the time. But I'm not sure if Dad was actually uh, yeah had won the premiership prior to that, but he thought he should have been selected and I know he was always very disappointed that he that he didn't go so no it's a it's a really big thing for uh yeah for Pete to be selected and and represent Australia that's for sure well I'm certain he would have been looking down on Saturday night uh very fondly uh with the entire family because it was a great night you winning that race first time that you've had a starter in the race uh the, the colors being worn and and with the McCloys as well and Pete getting his Australian colours. Really special moment, special night, special memory. So appreciate the time and uh, we'll see you at the track uh, at the end of the week. Yep. Thank you very much, Chris. I'll catch you then. There's John McMullen joining us. So, uh, yeah, good scenes there last Saturday night immediately after race five with the JC McMullen. That's a good horse's race, that one. You go back through that honour roll and there's some pretty sharp types that have won that race. Darren Clayton was trackside last Saturday night. He joins us each and every Wednesday. Darren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. How are you this morning? Super. Can they beat the big horse again on Saturday night or is he past the post? Times and margins, please, Judge. You've locked him in? Locked him in. They uh, off, that, off what we saw in the rising sun, how strong he was, where, um, you know, just that mile race was probably where he was going to be up against it more than, than anything. And the way he delivered... Uh, it's too hard to see him getting beat. Not, you know, bad luck or, you know, is is the only way. But I think he can overcome that. He can stay out of trouble. He nearly, he nearly faced a bit of bad luck even there last week um, when he when he pulled three wide and and behind a, a runner that went nowhere. So um, he was still able to dart back in between runners and and still finish them off. So, yeah, I. I think we're in the... He's just right in the zone. He hasn't even mm. looked like being beaten, so um, he can just maintain that, provided he's had a good week where he's just ticked over. And, um, yeah, I I don't know how he gets beat. And yeah. I guess the, the respect factor out of that is 
sort of the different participants that you've spoken to and, and I've spoken to around, they're all in agreement that, you know, perhaps we're running for second. Mm, certainly looks that way. So he's a clear favourite with Tab right now, a dollar thirty-five for the blacks to pay. Crowd-wise, it should be it should be huge because uh, he's generating massive interest not only within harness racing but outside of harness racing. So there's no excuse for a uh, a small crowd there on the weekend. No, none whatsoever. And um, you know, it's, it's good good horses bring people to the track, and, and that's what uh, he's more than good. This guy, and and people want to see him go around. Okay, you posed the question, could he start one of the shortest prize favourites in a grand circuit race? It wasn't that long ago. I, I went digging for some stats. King of Swing, when he got beaten behind Amazing Dream, he was a dollar twenty. Okay, well, there you go. It's, um, yeah, not that far away at all. That would have been three years ago or, or two years ago. So, yeah. Um, yeah, right. So, not that long at all. It's, he's probably in a in a different situation although king of swing was dominant that year but uh amazing dream off off the rising sun victory so yeah it's just hard to see how how he does get beat the way he is winning his races yeah yeah well it's a star-studded card on saturday night 10 races uh, away from the blanks of fake the grand circuit event uh, which other group one are you keen on yeah, I think the Derby will be a, a really good contest, and the um, the way that sort of that race pans out with the barrier draw, it um, it sort of makes it a, a, a bit like the Lost Storm. He's obviously head and shoulders above some of those others, but he draws out in gate six, and he gets his chance this time around to to probably just be a little bit tested. Um, didn't have to do much. His first up run. Second up run, which was his first Queensland appearance, got to the front very easily. So um, it'll be a little bit different this time around, but he's certainly the horse to beat. Um, the other race that I thought um, would be an, a nice race is the uh, the trot again. Um, so it certainly opens it up a little bit. We saw Sugar and Spice dominate over the mile last week. Nothing was able to go with her. She draws gate six this week. So those drawn inside are just sort of make that race a little bit more tricky. And um, Adele, she's still on the, the RODM embargo. So as is call me trouble so there's a bit of power off that back line and over the middle trip certainly sets up for a good race um could be an intriguing tactical battle that race mm, we'll talk more about these races on friday morning we need to find a winner for tonight at Redcliffe. we've got 10 races we kick off at 5:22. where's your best bet tonight yeah best bet comes up in race number two and it's horse number one guy ranger rainbows now this filly has been just dealt a, a string of bad draws. Um, she was gate three last time out at Albion Park, but prior to that, seven, six, inside second, nine, nine, six. Um, of those, that nine, nine, six, she was able to win two of those. They were at Redcliffe. Her Redcliffe record is really strong. She gets back to Redcliffe after her last two at Albion Park. The latest of those two at Albion Park, a good effort where uh, Amami was the winner of the race. Amami's in top form. So um, she finds a perfect race here. Race two, horse one, Guy Ranger Rainbows. 290 with Tab. Is there anything else tonight that stands out? Um, yeah, I just thought um, in the opening race, just at a bit of value, Chris, um, I thought it's come up a big price, is Better Shush. 
Uh, race one, horse number eight, Josh Turnbull and Steve Turnbull combining. He was having his first Queensland start last week at Redcliffe. Um, drew the second line. Just he'll take a lot out of that by seeing the track for the first time. And he was he was a beaten favourite, only beaten two and a half metres behind Till Heaven's Rock, and so that was a good time in that race. Should generate a good bit of tempo this one tonight. And uh, I just thought at the value, he was a good each way play. Race one, horse eight, better shush. Okay, eleven dollars, two ninety the place right now with Tab. What about the quaddy? Have you got some numbers? So the first leg there is race number five. Um, thought it was a, a a tricky little one, all de map dependent. I've got number one for no reason on top. Gets the options. Number three, Valani Magic. She's going well. Um, not too far away last time. Number seven, English Dance. He's first up from a from a, a spell, so he gets the perfect trip if for, for no reason happens to lead out. An ultimate chance, he was a winner at Marburg last time out, so she won't be too far away there. So one, three, seven, nine. The second leg going one out here with number one, Wonder Woman Jujon. Loves Redcliffe, hasn't had much go her way up there in recent starts, but uh, it's all in her favour this time. Good gate speed mare, she should be able to dictate there. The third leg, race seven, another little bit of a tricky one. We're number six, Sky Girl on top. She's a two-year-old tackling the older horses here, but uh, despite the wide gate, I think she's uh, she's up to the task. Wasn't too far away behind the smart two-year-old Ella Street a few runs back. Mr. Delwyn, number nine, he can get around uh, and do some work if need be. So we'll go six and nine in that third leg. And in the final leg, another little bit of a tricky one. I've got a way overnight on top without any uh, much confidence there does get gate six so he's going to have to work at some point throwing number two that's in a hurry um hot and cold this mare um she's either on or she's not so from gate two if they can control it in front she's certainly in it number one mammals destiny will get the right trip and number three my china doll um shouldn't be too far away back to the sprint trip suits so one two three six in the final leg. okay you'll okay your quality numbers one three seven nine one only, six and nine, one, two, three, six. So we're looking at a total of, uh, what, uh, $32? That sounds about right. Right, oh, best bet. Race two, number one, Garanger Rainbows, 290 with Tab right now. The value, race one, number eight, Better Shush, $11, 290. Darren, as always, appreciate the time. Looking forward to the chat on Friday when we preview all of these big ones for Saturday night at the Creek. Yeah, should be good, great, Chris. And just a bit of homework for you this time. Last time, a Grand Circuit runner had two sets of brothers in the race. I don't, I'll get back to you on Friday. Okay, cheers.